Well, tonight we're going to do, I, I love the parables, I love Jesus' parables, and, and we're going to do probably the most famous parable of all the parables, and it's in Luke chapter 15, we're going to begin in verse 11, Luke 15, verse 11, those are able, if you stand as we read God's word. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons, the younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between, property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we have, ha we have to celebrate to and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. This parable has way too much in it for any one sermon. I've heard probably 100 sermons on this thing, and there's always some little piece that keeps popping out. And, and you know, the obvious thing is obviously the Father is God. You know, that's kind of the parallel with that. And that's, that's a pretty obvious thing. But there's still some lessons, and so I kind of wrote down some lessons that we can learn from, from the, the two sons. And so it's... There, like I said, there's just so much in here that, that we have to kind of catch, that, that we will catch on some of it, and some of it we won't, we'll just kind of slide over. But the, number one is impatience is the downfall of many. You know, we, he, this younger son was impatient. He wanted his inheritance, he, wanted it, he didn't want to wait till his daddy died, he wanted his inheritance now. Now, most of us, if our children did that, we'd pretty much send them packing without the inheritance. And, you know, we'd just say, you lost your mind? What is wrong with you? Would have told him to go get a life. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things we would have probably told our child if, we, if one of our children had done this to us. 
But you know, God the Father, whether it pains him or not, gave him, would give him his wish. This father gave him his wish, even though it pained him. Most of us would think we know what we want and what is best for us, yet we really don't. <laughs> we really don't always know what's best for us. God the Father does know what's best for us. But we think we have our own, our own ideas of stuff. We, we have our, we put it in our head. I told y'all last, we talked about my call last week. Well, I didn't go into a lot of other details, but when I got into high school, you know, I'd kind of pushed that call back from when I was 12, and I decided I was going to be an oceanographer. I liked the water, I liked all the animals, I did all that. I was going to be an oceanographer until I almost flunked biology and came really close to flunking chemistry. I got to thinking that oceanographer was a lot of science. And I put two and two together, and that was probably not going to work well, right? So I said, I know, I'll be an architect. I like the buildings and all that stuff. So I took drafting in high school. I got a D in drafting. Again, putting two and two together. I wasn't so dumb, but I could put two and two together. Probably, if I can't do well in drafting, architects, probably not my calling. You see, <laughs> I tried to push God's call another direction, and he decided to show me, uh, that's not what you're going to do. Because I had my ideas, I knew what I should do, I had my plans, and I could do them, or not. The second one is, much like any prodigal, we tend to think we know better than the father. You ever thought you knew better than your father? <laughs> that didn't end well for me either, <laughs> a lot of times. He was consumed with himself, and when we're consumed with ourselves, it almost always leads us to be somewhere we don't want to be. This young man ended up somewhere he did not want to be. He thought he wanted to be out on his own. He thought he had it all. He thought he was going to be just fine. But he wasn't. Number three, friends aren't always looking out for you. See, while the money was there, so were the friends. And when the money was gone, so were the friends. You see, they weren't really his friends. They were out to have a party with him. He was playing, had a good time, you know. We tend to do that. We get a windfall of money, for, you, know, a, you know, you get an extra dollar or two, and you say, I'm going to go do this. And you go and have a great time with it, and it goes that fast, and you go, well, I could have used that money wiser another way. This young man could have used that money a little wiser, because I'm sure it was no small amount of money. On a side note, the older brother probably got double what he did because in those Jewish times, the older son, the oldest, would get more inheritance. They got more. So the older son probably had more, but this younger son, he had a good bit of money, and he decided that he was, was going to go forever. When we are young 
and we have money in our pocket, it seems we think it's going to go a lot farther than it is. We think if we could ever get to this point, wow, we'll have it made in the shade. We'll have it any way we want. We'll have it that way. But we've got to be careful. Our friends don't always want what's best for us. Number four, when you think you can, when you think you can do it on your own, many fa- times you'll find yourself stuck in the mud. I've, um, I've tried to get my car through some places sometimes. It was probably not a wise thing to try to do and got it stuck in the mud. When we start craving, when we start craving pig slop, <laughs> you probably hit bottom. That young man was craving the pig slop. He was craving the stuff that the pigs were eating. And of course, on the side note with that, you know pigs were unclean animal. That was something the Jewish people, so that's why Jesus used the pigs. He wanted to make sure they understood he was at the bottom. He hit rock bottom. You don't get any lower than eating with the pigs. I mean, that was about as low. Working with the pigs was bad enough. Eating with them was a whole nother level of bad. So there they were. So, we've got to be careful that we can try to do things on our own. Number five, when our priorities are off, (laughs) we find we waste our resources. His priority was partying and fun, living and living for the moment. You'll end up sleeping with the pigs when that happens. Folks, Priorities hit us in every area of life. In church life, in our home life, in our work life. Priorities are very interesting. You can pretty much see anybody and look at their way of living and find out where their priorities are. Some people, their priorities are a nice house. Some people's priorities are they want to drive a nice car. Some people's priorities are a family. Some people's priorities are a single life. Some people's priorities, you see? And I'm not saying any of them are good or bad. I'm just saying that our priorities are all different. And if we decide our priorities are one way, and in, in churches you will find that out. You'll find where are their priorities. And usually how you spend your money tells a lot about where your priorities are. It really does. How you handle your pocketbook will show you. Number six, sinful living will leave you in despair. (laughs) We know this. We end up where we're not even able to function sometimes. When you get caught up in sinful living, it will definitely paralyze you. This young man was paralyzed. It will leave you in a place you're not able to, not where you're intended to be. This young man did not leave his father's house expecting to end up in the pig farm. That was not his goal and priority. But because everything else was messed up, he ended up there. Number seven, the young man finally came to his senses and decided to turn away and swallow his pride. We all have got to come to a place where we come to our senses. Because, folks, if we don't come to our senses, we're going to end up staying in the pig slop. We just are. That's what happened to this young man. He got there. But he finally went, came to his senses and said, now, wait a minute. Let me think about this again. Let me see. 
we're so ashamed at times that we refuse to go to the one that can really help us. You ever been so ashamed you didn't want to even talk to God? I've been there. I, I, I can't talk to you now, God. I'm too ashamed. Talked about Adam and Eve. They were too ashamed they hid from God. Think of having someone to go to you really messed up with and wronged them and have to ask them for help. You ever had to ask somebody for help that, it, that you had kind of burned that bridge? <laughs> Think about that. That's what we do with God all the time. We burn the bridge with God by sinning and messing up. And then what happens? Next thing we know, we're having to go to God. Lord, you've got to help me. There's no other way out. You are my only hope. We do this all the time, but yet, boy, in our personal lives, we sure don't want to go to that person we burn the bridge with and ask them for help. That would be a tough thing. Number eight, yet every day we have to go to the Father and ask for forgiveness. We've wronged him in so many ways, we still have to go to him and ask for forgiveness. This young man knew it was time to go ask for forgiveness. The next one is, we forget how well we have it until it is gone. Folks, I can't tell you the number of people that have gone bankrupt, gone and, and had things, and they've lost things, and they went, oh man, marriages that broken up and they go back and, and go oh wait a minute I had it better than I thought I did this was not what I thought it was this is not um, we never know when we've lost a loved one when that happens all of a sudden you're going oh man I didn't appreciate what I had I mean I had it really well and it, and it brings it back up it brings all that up We've got to understand that the place this young man wanted to, to get away from had so many of the things he needed. He was desperate to get away from home, wanted to go away from all that stuff. He didn't want to be under dad's thumb anymore. But yet dad had all the things he really needed. We have all this in front of us, but we always think something else is better somewhere else. Don't we? You know what? It's an old grass is greener. It's always better. We think, oh, but if we just were here, well, then everything would be wonderful. And then we get there, and everything's not wonderful. We, we think that if we could only arrive at this place, this is going to be it. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> then we find it, and oh, no, it was worse than the place I left. Sheep will do a crazy, they will you know, follow the grass, right? Sheep will go where the grass is. And if they keep on, they get themselves caught sometimes on precipices where they could fall off very easily because they weren't paying attention to where they were going. They were just too busy eating the grass. And many times they'll just keep eating and fall right off the edge. And sometimes they have to wait till they get hungry enough for the shepherd to be able to coerce them, coerce them to come back to come back to where they came because they were they were they got off on this place somewhere else that's why a silly sheep get lost so many times because we're watching right here and running into stuff or finding ourselves in precarious situations and sometimes they even jump to their death 
we jump to our death because we think we have all the answers. <laughs> Do I need to repeat that one? God is patient and waits until we realize he is what we need. We think we've got the answers. We don't know. He had to change and repent. He probably practiced that speech all the way home. Father, I've sinned against you in heaven. Please hire me as a hired servant. I don't belong, deserve to be your son anymore. He I bet you he said that thing a hundred times while he was going home, trying to figure out the way to say it to his, to his dad. I don't deserve your grace, but I'm pleading for it. That's what we do to the Father. Our Heavenly Father, we go to him and say, I don't deserve your grace, but I sure do need it. Without it, I'm doomed. God's forgiveness is unreal. We have to make sure that we're going to do something. There's two frogs sitting on a ledge. One decides to jump. How many are left? Two. What? what, you, what? That caught our attention. What do you mean two? One of them decided to jump. He decided to jump. He didn't jump. Think about that for a minute. We've decided to do a lot of things, but we didn't necessarily do them, did we? You see, that young man, <laughs> action is what makes it happen, not just deciding. And many times we decide to do all kinds of things. This young man decided to go to his father. If He, he could have decided to do it, but still not done it. My guess is he probably decided to do it before that and wouldn't do it because he couldn't work up the courage. But he finally did. And when he did, he was given forgiveness like he had never thought. What did the father do? Put a robe on him? Put a ring? Symbol, you're back in the family? Put a ring on his finger? Sandals on his feet? The slaves didn't have shoes. The hired help didn't have shoes. Family had shoes. We forget how much. God is waiting and watching for you. No one was more excited than the father. And that boy was far away and saw him. That's really... <clears throat> Fathers in the Jewish tradition did not run. They did not run. That was not something that was beneath. They were the father, they were the one in... They did not run. This man ran. He ran to that child. He saw him from afar off. In other words, he saw him down the road. He didn't just wait. He didn't just show up at the door, knock on the door, and the father saw him. No, he was kind of watching. My guess is there was a certain time of day he watched every day, just hoping to see that child. Our heavenly Father is that way to us. He is watching to see if we're going to come back to Him. Are we going to really decide that we're going to follow Him? Are we going to ask for forgiveness? He loves us. Hemingway wrote of a teenage boy that ran away. It was in Madrid, and the father had been looking for him. And he decided he was going to take out an ad. And the ad said this, Paco, please meet me in front of the newspaper office. All is forgiven. Please come sign Dad. 800 Pacos showed up. Think about that. 
How many people are needing that kind of forgiveness? That kind of, hey, all's okay, just please come back. In this situation, 800 showed up. Think about it. That's our Heavenly Father. Unfortunately, some feel that it's unfair. The older son was not happy. He thought it was unfair. This young guy ran off and squandered his money. And yet, what do you do? Most of us are the older brother, which are the Pharisees. You know, they're there, they're serving God all the time. By the way, it looks not necessarily really serving. That older brother obviously been thinking about some things because he even told him what he thought the boy was spending his money. He said he bought it on prostitutes. Now that's funny. That was never said. He hadn't even seen the young, his brother. How did he know he spent it on prostitutes? Because that's probably what he would have spent it on. See, he was already thinking how he would have spent his money, but he couldn't do it. He was going to stay home. And the father says, "You have everything I have is yours. It's time to rejoice. You've got it all. What is your problem? His problem was jealousy. His problem was he didn't understand why anybody could be happy about that little brother of his who had run off and squandered that money. And here he was being a good boy and standing there. He should be, he should be the one everybody's praising. He was searching for praise. He came up on the party. Was he not invited? Curious, it doesn't say. He knew about the party. But then he heard the music and said, wow, they really are doing it. What was, he, was his attitude so dreary that he would have been the party pooper? <laughs> he would have probably been the party pooper. I don't want to be there. You can see him in the corner just giving that nasty look. Why? Because he, it's difficult to celebrate with others, especially when you're mad with them. You ever had somebody you were kind of crossways with and something good happened to them? It was hard to celebrate with them, wasn't it? We have to understand that there's a lot of people that need us to celebrate with them. He thinks he should have done the same as his little brother, maybe. Maybe he could have gotten extra attention if he'd have done that. We don't know if the older brother actually went in, does it say? But then he would have needed to practice the same kind of forgiveness the father had practiced. See, he needed to forgive his little brother, and he couldn't. He was struggling with that. I think we struggle with forgiving others. We can forgive them sometimes, and sometimes it's hard. There's some things that they do, people do, that it's hard to forgive them. Sometimes we can say we're going to forgive them, but in the back of our minds, we still just can't quite get over it. This wonderful family, this group of people, this father and two sons has so much to teach us. Like I said, there's a lot of different kinds of lessons, a lot of different ways to go. 
But I look at this and go, you know, God is amazing. He's amazing. We squander, our, we squander all his inheritance. We squander what he's given us. We go out and do our own thing. We keep going and keep going against him. We keep doing all this stuff, and yet he's still waiting on us. Come on, man, come around. We want you to come around. He wants you to be part of the family. His father also wanted the older brother to come around. He needed him to come around. Usually in churches, there's many more people that are like the older brother than the ones that are like the younger one. Because you see, we keep going through the motions, we keep going through what we think we ought to do, we keep trying to do what we think we ought to do, and when somebody new comes in and gets our attention, we get kind of, well, why are they getting the attention? Why is this happening? We as a church do that all the time. These people come in and they do... Well, why did they get glory? And I've done this for years and nobody says a thing. We decide that other people are getting more accolades than we do. Or they're getting to do the stuff we wish we could do. Or they get that, how come they got it? How is our attitude of humility and grace? <laughs> Where do we come off as God, we've always been here for you. You should be showing us all these extra things. Why, are not, why am I not getting rich and famous? The reason is maybe you're not really at home with the father. In your mind, you're off with the younger brother, just pretending you're not. The prodigal son is, like I said, probably the most popular parable in the Bible. Even non-Christians know the prodigal son. Why? We all think about the prodigal, that person that goes off. We forget that it's really about the father. Our God, the father, and his grace, and who he is, and how much he loves and cares for us, no matter what we do, where we go, what mess we get ourselves into, he still loves us. And he still wants us to come back to him. What a mighty God we serve. We are so blessed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and what it teaches us. Help us to learn lessons from what you've written in your book. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we just thank you for your presence in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, because we so many times wander off and want to do our own thing. Help us to listen to you and follow you. Show us the way. Show us who, we, who you are and show us who we are. Help us to follow you every step of the way. In Jesus' name.